Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Not a day goes by, not a single day. That I'm not left here yearning for you to use some seasoning in this food that is simply fuckery. Not a day goes by. I keep thinking, when will this end? So I'm chewing and gagging and choking and crying and screaming at your cooking till the days go by. What a tune. R.I.P. Stephen Sondheim. Um, for all my musical theatre heads, you already know. I know where it's at. If you wanna have a good time, I know if you wanna shimna shimna on your mind. Anyway, well, yeah, no. As I was saying, R.I.P. Stephen Sondheim. Um, musical theatre G's. Uh, that song is not a day goes by. Um lost a great one lost a great one when it comes to songwriting don't know too much about him personally always scared to big up white people um but you know gave us bops gave us true melodies and obviously i just came to fuck up all of the lyrics because i like it like that that's how i like it like that Ooh, ooh. i said i like it like that Ooh, ooh. let me turn this down a bit um Wow, I sound so grey. I sound so effervescent. Um, why is that? I took um, Kelly's... Uh, Kelly gave me inspiration in the first episode. Was it the first episode of um, the new season of Insecure where she had the whole setup in her bedroom where she had like the proper mic out? I don't... Was her mic connected to her sound desk or was it connected to a, a MacBook? I can't remember. But anyway, I just thought to myself, yo, I can actually just clip my proper, proper mic to my bed stand, like my bed stand and have my desk on the bed and continue recording obviously the room isn't soundproof so it doesn't sound like I'm talking to you from the middle of somebody's labia but I think that this still works I feel like this gives us great quality sound and I don't have to worry about it like cutting off halfway through the thing I do think oh sorry sorry let me just introduce myself let me introduce myself my name is Cove K to the O-V no, no, God forgive me. It is Kalechi in a blood club place to be, and you're listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. And we're back 
for another week of doing the things. Anyway, let me get back to what I was saying. So yeah, um, the other week I was recording and um, for a scary moment, I thought I was recording on a uh, on an SD card that was already full. But of course, the desk will tell you if the card is full. But this is how busy my life is, where I was going to um, load the episode to send off to Brent or to load the files. And I was like, shit, did I? Because I for a moment, I couldn't see the files. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then I thought, no, you bought a new SD card and that's the one that you use. And I found that SD card and it was there because I was just like, I am not recording again. Fuck that. But I didn't have to. So I'm, I've am i now marked which SD card is which. And so we shouldn't have that problem. But anyway, as I was saying about Stephen Sondheim, don't like to really big up white people too much, but um, when I don't know too much about them, but I just feel like um, as a musical theatre student, he really gave us the bits. He really gave us the bops. Um... I read this tweet that said, uh, one thing I often think about is how Sondheim's quote unquote genius phase began when he was 40 with the debut of Company. He was 41 for Follies and turning 43 for A Little Night Music and turning 49 for Sweeney Todd. He gave he wrote some absolute bangers for Sweeney Todd. And he was in his 50s when he finished Sunday in the Park and Into the Woods. Into the Woods! Into the Woods! Wow. Anyway, um, yes. So it got me thinking, like, where is Saturn in Stephen Sondheim's chart? I didn't go looking, but I did. It did cross my mind. Like, where is Saturn in his chart? Because Saturn is like represents like a planet of like restriction as well as like discipline and structure. Um, And I often from the reading and the learning that I've been doing for myself, it does often it can also um, signify delay but a delay where you you mature in the time that you're waiting for that thing case in point um my saturn is in my i think it's in my ninth house am i correct kalishi sure you are correct or you are just making up fallacies and fibbles um let me just see here yeah i was right because I usually am. Um, yeah, my uh, Saturn is in my ninth house, um, the house of like philosophy and learning and um, all of those things there. And I really do feel like I've grown into the things that I know of myself. Like I came into um, tarot, um, Yoruba spirituality, um, astrology. I came into all of these things fairly, like after my 30s, I'd say like, it's the best way to describe it. I came into a lot of these things. Um, no, tarot was before. Yeah, but tar- tarot came about during, I would say, around my Saturn return. That's when tarot came about. So it's interesting that that is when I moved into a new phase of learning and um, like philosophy and um, religion. And it's f- funny because the ninth house literally, um, like I said, signifies travel, education, publishing, religion, astrology and philosophy. So if we're even talking about publishing and all of them things there i feel like i'm going to be one of the biggest best-selling authors of all time but it's going to happen probably after i'm 36 that's what i think um and then by the my next saturn return inshallah god willing all of them things there like it's going to be absolutely mad like think paulo coelho like people can talk about oh i don't like the alchemist (laughs) but I remember listening to him on Oprah and he talked about just how many times he tried and tried and tried to get his books published and like people just didn't see it for him. And then 
one time it just changed with a small publisher it just changed boom like that and then now you know he that guy stays on the new york times bestseller list like he sleeps there um and so yeah so i think about that and i think about stephen sondheim and i just i wonder where saturn is like which house saturn is in his chart as well um i mean is it if we're talking about um music and um communications and things like that i mean if we're talking about um the 10th house of like the public and his career is that where it happened um is that where saturn is or is it where um he would be writing all of these things is it happening in his third house uh i don't know i just i just think about these things you know when i read certain things about people and i'll go mm, i wonder what where this this um this uh planet is in your chart and i wonder if saturn is also aspecting neptune um which you know uh kind of looks over show business and like illusions and things like that and uh, you know an artifice which is what musical theater is um that he was con- contributing to so i wonder if that is the thing so yeah i think that the more that you learn about your astrological chart the more that you learn about yourself and um i think it brings you comfort in certain times or at certain times when you're just like why hasn't this happened yet and then you just look at the chart um, your chart and you're like oh sweet baby sweet child all in its own time all in god's time all will be well um so yeah I, I found that really interesting i also wonder if like the ninth house means that i'll travel like much later on in life like start traveling bare places um but yes um i just wanted to share that about stephen sondheim and as you can see or as you can hear as you can see i can't remember who said no sorry i've lost it i think it was p diddy anyway um, to give you what you need yeah it was pd when he's with is it nicole scherzinger or christina aguilera one of them was one walking wonky anyway on like a runway and they're like walking and the air is blowing and said like, come to me i can be all you need oh baby and they're walking and the wind is blowing them and they're walking mad wonky it's one of them two anyway um anyway as you can hear i'm not at the whiskey concert i'm not let me tell you about that and tell you why i think i think that this is a great example of the kind of person that i am i remember how much i was going on about going to this concert i was going on about seeing whiskey once lockdown ended and um it got to saturday night because the concert would have been on a sunday it got saturday night and i was just like whew i hate to say it (laughs) and i hope i don't sound ridiculous (laughs) but sorry to me sorry to me not even sorry to that man because he's making all of his pee but i'm not going i just feel like with it's not really because of the covid um, variant omarosa um aka covid variant um omarion icebox um 19 it's not that it isn't I think that that contributes to it but it's really not that because i mean i've been to like other events but to be fair if you've seen me out partying party after party i haven't been to party after party because i don't like humans like that um but if you've seen me at certain events most of those events pretty much all of them really you have to do a um, lateral flow test before you can attend and you have to show it at the door um so those are the kind of things that i go to and i feel a bit comfortable being there um but otherwise, and I mentioned that about the Grand Prix as well, like you had to have done um, a, a lateral flow test for every single day that you're going to be on the paddock. 
So, um, yeah, I like to have these um, safety measures. And I know that they are going to have those safety measures at the WizKid concert as well. But there was just something... That's what I'm saying. It can't be about the COVID thing because I know that they were going to have that there as well. But it's the idea of just how many people are going to be there. And I feel like I'm a bit of a prick as well because when initially it was the one date that was announced, I was just like, I must have this ticket because I would prefer an intimate gig with WizKid, not this one where I'm going to be there with like thousands of people. I want an intimate gig. But if he's just doing one date, then I'm going to buy two tickets. So I bought two tickets. Um, I got mine within minutes and I got really good seats as well. Um, and I had them on the site. Then when I saw him announcing bare dates, I said, mm, no, I don't feel exclusive enough. Sorry. So that, I think that's already started playing in my mind. And actually, I knew that there was a problem when three weeks before the WizKid concert, I hadn't started thinking about an outfit. Like I literally had not started thinking about, oh, what am I going to wear? How is it going to be practical? Where, in you know, the area that I'm in and rah, 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 and rah, tear, tear. But when that wasn't happening, I knew that, oh, doesn't look like baby girl wants to go. But I thought, let me keep myself open, keep my mind open and see Wagwan. And then it got Saturday and I was like, no, no, sorry. I <laughs> no. I know I could have thrown on that gold corset top that I wore from Kil um, Kilenta. I mean, they would say Kilenta, but Kilenta, I bought that gold corset top that I wore to the premiere of pirates because i wear my clothes um, more than once i'm sorry i don't know about you fucking idiots that are like oh my god i can't be seen in it again as if you you're not paying my um my bills <laughs> you will see me in the thing again i can't come and kill myself because of fashions um so i was thinking of wearing that and wearing that with a young black legging and you know a, a little tie high boot you know a tie high boot so i was gonna wear that but um i mean that would have been possible that would have definitely been a look uh i got these little um they're called rapper lock. I ordered it from America and um, they like, they, they're pretty much like, uh, what is it? Like pipe cleaners, like mini, people are so creative, like mini pipe cleaners basically. And then you just wrap them around your locks overnight and then you get these really cute little uh, uh, swirls or curls or whatever that look uh, like Twizzlers. Um, so I had it all planned out really somewhere in the back of my mind because I, I, you know, when style is embedded into your DNA, you always have a little something to pull out the bag. But ultimately I just felt like I didn't want to go because I didn't want to be around lots and lots of people. And also let me tell you one of the really, the, one of the things that really pissed me off. Yeah. I find human beings so fucking disappointing. So, so disappointing. So when I was tweeting about WizKid this, WizKid that, I must be there. I must, I must be a monk. Ha! Kilichi must be a monk. I was tweeting about it. And then I think like two different, three different people jumped in my DMs and they were like, Kilichi, don't worry. I've got you. You're going to be at the WizKid concert. Don't worry. I've got you. Or I've introduced, um, I'm just, I've put, I've given your name to WizKid's team. You know, going to make sure that we get you in there. Just to, you know, if you can get an interview, that will be cute. But I at least want to make the introduction, see who we can set you up with, because people need to know who you are at this point. And to be fair, the person that said that part, they did hook me up with the people that like manage him or whatever. But there was just no connection. There was no vim. Didn't hear anything after the day. And I just thought me, I'm not in the business of chasing people down. Like come next year, you lot will be chasing me down because boy, it is what it is, isn't it? as the ancestors have said, but, um, so there was that one, but then it was the people that were like, no, no, don't worry. You're going to get in. We'll do the whole backstage thing. You'll be fine. Like, even if they didn't explicitly say that they were just like, no, what they explicitly said was like, let don't worry. I'm good. You're going to the WizKid concert. That is no problem at all. And so I thought, 
knowing how disappointing humans can be i'm not listening to anybody i'm going to buy my tickets just so i know that i have them on you know on the side and then whatever happens happens so i had the plan with sadiq that you know if i get the um a vip thing then we'll go together um but and then we can give my two tickets away or if I don't, then we can still go together and go on my t- with the two tickets that I got. But me and Sadiq are so similar. It's actually, I mean, you would have heard it on the show when you've heard him on. But we're so similar being water signs in that, like heavily water signs. Um, I spoke to him on Saturday. I just thought, let me give him a call because he was out in LA flexing his muscles prior to that. So I thought, let me give him a call because he's back. And I was just like, oh, hey, babe. He's like, yeah, hey. I was like, oh, about the Whiskey concert. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And we both basically started saying at the same time, I don't know how to tell you, but I don't think I want to go, like, word for word, at the same time. And we both started laughing. Because why? We're both trash. Um, And it was just the same reasoning. It was just like, no, I just, I don't really want to be around all of them people. And he's the loveliest person in the world. He's my heartbeat. He's like, I always say he's the best thing about me because he's always thinking about my safety, always thinking about my well-being. And he genuinely doesn't like me getting on public transport, um, doesn't like um, um, me being in certain spaces. And so he was just like, I don't even feel comfortable with you being you know, getting these seats and just being in and around everyone. Not that I necessarily think anything would happen and would happen to you because I know that it wouldn't, but it's just, I just don't feel like it's um, where your energy needs to be around just people. If it was a case where you were going to be in another like area and you were still getting to enjoy yourself, then that's one thing. And uh, he's always thinking about that. Like he's always trying to remind me that the kind of way that I see myself is not where I'm placed um, within like, social things anymore so i need to kind of buck up my ideas about how i move through spaces um i'll talk about spaces actually shortly so yeah so i didn't hear anything and just because i wanted to prove a point i dm'd um them and i was just like oh just checking about those tickets for sunday and didn't hear anything and they didn't DM back. And I, who knows? Like, who knows? People are going through personal things. They might be going through because they like genuinely haven't even tweeted at all or posted at all. So I can imagine that they're going through bits. But um, yeah, well, I don't know. That's one person. The other people, I don't know. I just find people genuinely like just disappointing. And I and this is another. This is proof as to why I do not put have um, or put faith in people because I ultimately think like people let you down. Um, so after all the um, hoo-ha that I was making about going to the Wizkid concert, um, I gave my tickets away. I gave my tickets away to um, one of Sadiq's best friends so she could go and have a great time. Um, yeah, it is what it is. But but then I don't really beat myself up for that because I remember what I actually said verbatim on the podcast, which is that I want after lockdown for Wizkid to have an intimate gig or um, like an event that I can go to and I can dance to my heart's content. That's what I said. I did not say that I want to be with thousands and thousands of people. I was only going to tolerate it on a basis that that was the only thing that he would be doing. But no. So anyway, I say all of that to say I did not go and I'll just happily listen to the music until I get my private concert. Um, so I've been into different places recently. Um, I went to the Motorsport UK diversity event. I was on a panel talking about... Um, how we can improve diversity it was like the inaugural event that it, uh, uh, done by or put together by the subcommittee um, at Motorsport UK that are focused on um, working on diversity and inclusion. So at the last minute, I was invited to be on a panel 
to talk up the things and it was um it was meant to be initially jamie horner who is christian horner's brother take that in yeah spiceless wonders brother he was going to be on the panel and he seemed really like cool actually like in terms of what he wanted to talk about and then um another guy i think his name's andy haynes and then me so two white guys and me the black woman and i remember in a a briefing call that we were doing on zoom both of them as white men were really worried anyway about pretty much the optics they were like oh but you know we just don't think that this panel will currently represent you know um you know it's called a diversity panel but we've got us two white men and it's just like well actually no because it perfectly represents what the industry looks like right right now we've and if we're honest if we're talking about dynamics there are you two white men who we will say are at the top of that hierarchy and then me a black woman who is as far from the top as possible um not taking into account the intersections of like um, um disabled disabilities and and um gender or you know and things like that we're not we're not even going into all of those um intricacies and and um everything else so um yeah we got on with the panel eventually on the day jamie horner couldn't be um couldn't take part i think they said something happened and he couldn't take part so it was just me um and this guy andy the white guy and he's very much like um he's a nice guy yeah you know he does his things he does his things within communities and what he does but i just really don't like white people explaining racism to me and he very much in the i think it was just nerves though and wanting to kind of show that he's um not mad and so he was like you know going over certain things and i was just like mm, okay cool 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 like he wanted to go over notes before the panel discussion and was like i was, I was like I, we really don't need to do this first of all because i'm such an introvert i really don't want to be having lots and lots of conversation but um yeah so anyway we went on to have a great um great panel discussion it was moderated by um naomi schiff who is um a race car driver she's of south african um descent um she was yeah she was she was the host for the day and also she's a race car driver and she's the commentator for the w series which is the women's racing series that had its first proper year um well it started in 2019 then they couldn't do anything 2020 and then 2021 she's the um, commentator for it and jamie chadwick is actually the champion for that for this uh, for this year um so it was nice to meet her she's good vibes um it was yeah it was a really cute um panel discussion prior to our discussion that guy renee cariol um he does lots of like keynote speeches and stuff black man and uh, you would have seen him on like different um documentaries and things whenever they're talking about race they always invite him um i can't say that i enjoyed his keynote speech i just found certain parts of it rather um i felt i felt like it was lacking nuance i felt like it was very much directed at white people it very much was kind of maybe the standard thing that he has memorized and he does to um at every keynote speech that he's um invited to so when he saw the makeup of the room where there were quite a lot of black people um it was a bit difficult to shift the the script because he'd learned the script and hadn't learned anything different i think he thought that he was just going to be talking to motorsports uk like all of the heads of it who are white and male um, predominantly so yeah I, I i didn't think like he was talking to me definitely not um but you know the people that needed to hear it loved it um and then, yeah, our panel happened. And obviously, you know that I, I had to go in. And one of my first statements was that I don't trust anybody who's doing all of this diversity and inclusion work 
and not once did they mention white supremacist uh, patriarchy or white supremacist heteropatriarchy, not once did they mention it because then that means that you're only going to dance around with the symptoms and not talk about the cause and I have no time for you. Like, it's all fine. People are getting their money and they're going out and educating and doing whatever. But if you're not educating correctly or you are not well-versed in that thing yourself, maybe you should step aside. And so, you know, very much shots fired, but I did need to say what I need to and what I needed to say because I couldn't deal with this whole kumbaya. Oh, we learn through stories and let's hug each other and, and not call people out, but talk to them with forgiveness. And I don't have time for that bullshit. Um, so I said everything that I needed to say. It was very cute. Lots of clapping, lots of clapping. Um, Andy made some great points as well. I've, there's something that stuck with me though when we were talking at one point at the beginning and uh, before we did the panel and he just insisted on wanting to have this conversation before we went on and um I'm saying stuff like he was like oh so what are you gonna say I was like I don't really need to prepare like I just know what I'm you know <laughs> they've sent us questions prior to this I'm just gonna be saying xyz and mz and, and I was taking him through it and he's like yeah 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 I mean I guess I've read the same books that you've read why are you talking about read the same books that I've read white man like the, I'm talking about I'm talking from my experience it's not about read the same books that we um that I've read it's that it's very much giving competition and it's very much giving you don't want to be in competition with me baby um, it was just very clinical that statement it just made me uncomfortable maybe some of you can dissect why it made me uncomfortable because I was just like oh, what do you mean um you've we've read the same we first of all we haven't read the same books I promise you that we have not we, you might have read one or two books that are similar to mine but you haven't gone to the depth that I've gone to so let's all behave ourselves um I just find that there is a certain way that even quote-unquote anti-racist white people behave that really grinds my gears that really gets my curry goat I just like that they I just feel like respect me and give me some space like don't be all up in my grill are you all in my grill oh 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 yeah anyway yeah don't be all up in my grill I don't like it I really don't um so yeah anyway as I was saying the panel discussion went really really well um we had a great conversation the audience was really engaged and then it came time for the Q&A, or as I like to call them, question, oh, sorry, comments and statements, never questions and answers. So, um, like I said, there were quite a few black people dotted about. We heard from the young racing drivers, the young black racing drivers, and they were so inspirational. I love them so much. Just little babs, just like getting ready for their, you know, already doing so well in the leagues that, oh, you know, all the categories that they're currently in and um, just making great strides forward. But I even had to say something regarding them, like they're already being taught from this young age. One of them was talking about the racism that he's faced already in the industry. And um, he said, yeah, but I've learned that the way to deal with it is to do my talking on the track and show these people by winning. But I was like, that is an unhealthy thing to keep teaching young black children, because what if you don't win? What if you don't win? There has to be another way to tell people to stop their fuck shit other than, oh, don't worry, when you win, that is when you show them. And I know that that's very much what Lewis Hamilton's dad was telling... How, how long? How many minutes did it take me before I mentioned Lewis Hamilton's name? Anyway, um, I know that's what, like, um, Anthony Hamilton... I find that name so funny because I always say it and I want to sing Charlene. Yeah, anyway. Um, I know that's probably what Anthony Hamilton taught him, but... Um, it just means that you're repressing a lot of emotions and yeah, it might work until you get to a certain place, but you have to find some space to work through those emotions that you haven't felt. Um, 
and I could see that these young black boys were already being given the same rhetoric. So I had to say like, no, like that if, if we're talking about Motorsports UK, being able to do something that is robust and actually addresses um, blackness, then one of the ways to do that is to look into therapy for these young drivers, look into some kind of um, mental health support that they can have, some emotional support that they can have while they're in this industry those are the things that we can do and like sky sports news was there but i had to leave in time to go and pick up lev from nursery and it was all the way in vista so didn't end up getting to speak to them but there was a vegan um i've gone off on a tangent again because i was just about to talk about the um, q a um but anyway there was a vegan um caterer i think her name's renee's kitchen when i tell you the food banged the food banged it was really nice. I even loved the inspiration of putting little pomegranate seeds on the on the white rice and then like the chickpea curry that was on the side and a little um, sweet Thai chili um, chicken bites, you know, not the real chicken bites. Those little things that were there, very cute. The planting was, um, couldn't be saying planting, but I could tell that she's West Indian. So you have to say it the same way that your Caribbean brothers and sisters will say it, Sha. Um, the planting was really nice as well. It was just, yeah, it was a really cute, oh gosh this mic's so powerful it's just picking up me shuffling about but it was yeah it was just really cute but back to the q a so people are asking questions now and we're answering and then there's a black guy at the back i don't know whether he's a podcaster or what he is um light-skinned black guy and um he goes he's talking and then he says something like and he's directing a lot of the statement that he's making to the white guy andy and he goes something like yeah like some of the comments that you made um, absolutely slapped, but you weren't getting as many claps as Kelechi. And I've got to ask at this point, like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, what, 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 what is it about me that certain black guys see and they can't help but to say something fucked? He's not getting the same claps as I am because he is not me. He is not I. He is not I and I. He's not. The charisma baby, the knowledge baby. Why ask yourself as a black man? And this is why people say that black men are the white people or black people. Because ask yourself why you as a black man, watching me as a black woman speak about my experience and what and a white man talking about his theory and how he's using that theory to help um inner city kids. Why do you think that we should be acknowledged in the same way? Are you all right? Are you all right? This is why sometimes Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street, sometimes he needs to come and slice up your hairline and slice up your eyeballs. Because why? It just really irritated me. Like in a room full of people, everyone's there engaged in a way that I wouldn't think that they would be because you lot already know how raw I speak about certain things. And I'm managing to break through to them. So God is at work, right? God is at work. The ancestors are with me. Like clearly my ancestors that know how to boss joke and know how to ease situations were working through me because, you know, the people them are paying attention. Um, the CEO of the W series, the women's racing series, she's in the front row. At one point I was making a point and she was like, no, 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 actually, can we clap for this woman? Can we clap for that statement? I said, yo, don't let, don't let me roll up on a W series, you know, don't let me roll up there and, and just be the face of the thing and be talking right next to Naomi, don't, don't tempt me, I might just have to come through, um, but you know, it was just like, all of this loving energy, people are open, people are receptive, right, and then you come with bad vibes, talking about, oh, the comments that you made slapped, but you didn't get as many claps as collection, because your delivery doesn't bang, my G, your delivery doesn't bang, yeah, when 
people are gifted at something, except that they're gifted at something. Like, why do the comparison? For me, it was just the bad vibeness, the bad vibiness of the comparison. Why do you ever think that him as a white man um, would get as many claps as I would? He, and forget even his whiteness. So we're, we're not all equally yoked. I am just very, very gifted at public spe- speaking. I just am. So it's not somebody who doesn't do that that's going to then be on par with me. Can we behave ourselves? So I just looked at him for a really... I can't say a really long time because I didn't really want to be looking at his face, to be honest. That was a lie. That was that was um, poetic liberty that was taken there. No, I didn't look at him for a long time. But I was just pondering it. As he was talking, none of his words really making sense. He was trying to make this statement. And I just looked at Andy and I was just like, mm, well, I guess that one's for you. Um, because as far as I'm concerned, you're not talking to both of us. I've gotten fuck all to say to you. Um, Andy answered in his um, very long way. And then I turned to Naomi and I was just like, what next question? Because I'm just not going to acknowledge it. But to me at this point, it has to be a sickness. It has to be a sickness. And it's funny because um, my partner came with me and he was sitting next to him and he was just like, I just find that he said that really, really weird because every time you made a point, he was clapping and whooping. So I don't know why when he was then um, um, allowed to speak, he decided to say something like that. He said, oh, well, you know, maybe one of the things he's like, I feel like it was bad vibes, but in his mind, maybe he felt like he was trying to comfort the guy and be like, yeah, don't worry that you didn't get as many claps as Kalechi because your point's still banged. But I'm just like, if, if even if that's the case, can you not pull the guy to the side and go and have that conversation? with him and then stroke his hair and um you know whatever else like just don't you don't need to be doing all of that while I'm on stage it's just the way that certain black men go about undermining black women in public spaces that I think is fucking despicable so I just wanted to share that but all in all the actual event was really brilliant and it was great to be able to speak about the ways in which um, motorsports UK can go about being um um examining diversity in all areas of motorsport um so i went to that then i went to the tape britain i'm always filling you guys in because i feel like it's good to like let you know all the things that i've been up to went to the tape britain for steve mcqueen's um uh, launch of his short film the screening of his short film called embarrassed um and it focuses on it's a campaign for prostate cancer awareness because um prostate cancer is actually 98% curable um you get a blood test um done to be able to identify if you have like the antigens in your body um that lets people don't know that you or lets the doctors know that you might be at risk of prostate cancer and then after the blood test or even alongside the blood test they can do a physical test as well where they check your prostate physically um and it's just interesting and sad the, the disparity in the diet you know the stats black black men are more likely to get prostate cancer and um they're more likely to die from it so uh, knowing that it can be cured knowing that it can be treated it's it's uh, if it's caught on time it's important for black people with prostates please go and get the thing checked go and get it checked regularly look after yourself especially if you have people in your family who um have had prostate cancer you have to make sure that you're looking after yourself because not enough men specifically are going to get themselves um checked they're not going and um out of embarrassment but you know what's more embarrassing you dying when you didn't need to so go and get it go and get yourself checked and sort your life out and lastly, I've been watching Selling Sunset. Absolutely hilarious. Christine's back. Um, my favourite villain. 
I'm absolutely astounded at her snapback. I just find it just hilarious. Um, just there giving us vibes, giving us looks, um, giving us uh, audacity, really. She's just there barefaced lying that she got proposed to and people are trying to work out this lie. She said, oh, you know, when I got engaged to my ex, the ex that she's fighting with Emma over, even though he's also Emma's ex, um, she's talking about, oh, he, pro- um, he proposed to me and I didn't even really tell anyone. I just told Davina. But how could you have told Davina when he, he would have allegedly have proposed to you two years before you ever met Davina? So h- how did you tell, did you tell future Davina? Did you tell your future self to tell future Davina? How did that work exactly? Then she got vexed with Davina for not corroborating her story. But Davina's like, we didn't know each other then. So how could I have been the person that you told? And then she said that, oh, she didn't actually tell anybody because she didn't want anyone to know that she was engaged. But then time she was living with Mary. So ideally, Mary would have known of this engagement. It was all very, very mad. But Chriselle, I don't buy what she's selling. That sweet girl, country bumpkin, whatever she's meant to be doing, doesn't wash with me. I feel like she's bad vibes. Um, But it's cheeky how um, Justin, in the, in the space of just a blink of an eye, he's already married again and he's moving on. Um, Davina, people need to stop forcing Davina to wear them heels and wear them outfits that she's in. I love the color of her hair though. That auburn, kind of auburn locks that they've done with her, no Jolene. It really suits her flaming locks of auburn hair. I like the I like the color of her hair, but the outfits that she's trying to wear, the shoes that she's trying to wear, she's walking like a dinosaur. She needs to allow it. Um, Heather, I'm interested in how Heather manages to sell houses just off vibes Heather will say oh my god so do you like pistachios I like pistachios and then the house is sold actually mad things mad things mad things Jason and Brett very odd to me but Jason fully in um in coalition with um Mary they fully threw a birthday party for their dog picking their dog picnics they definitely did and Jason read a poem out to them and it just really made me think like white people are really enjoying like white people can really really love they can love anything down oh like poems You're, you've gathered everyone here today to to hear them to hear you read poems to your two dogs but you know what why not if you love celebrate love in all its forms you know but that poem stuff really really threw me because i thought raw white people have time that is ultimate enjoyment where you have the space in your heart and your head and in your budget to throw parties for two dogs incredible scenes um but yeah overall it's just been um a wild ride vanessa it's interesting but i feel for i feel for amanda the most i really really feel for her like she's been going through it she seems like to me in terms of all of the people there all of the characters there like the realest one like she's really really going through it and yet she doesn't bring bad vibes to the group which is what's incredible to me because everybody else has relatively easier lives than she does yet they just insist on madness i guess that's why they say that the devil makes work for idle hands because they're just doing absolutely way too much um but yeah i guess that's that that's that for um all of me well me catching you up on all of the bits let's get into the tarot so the tarot this week is pick a pile one two or three the question i put to spirit is what are the obstacles that we should be aware of so you're choosing pile one two or three what are the obstacles that we need to be aware of pile one you've got all nice you've got the six of cups and you've got justice card in reverse interesting so six of cups and justice card in reverse i'm using the afro goddess tarot deck 
what this makes me think about is that the obstacles that you need to be aware of um it's not dwelling too um or dwelling so much on the lack of um justice that you got in your childhood like the the lack of fairness that you faced in your childhood it can't be where you stay um for some people it might even be a case of um the obstacles that you need to face are maybe the unfairness of a certain um legal procedure uh, proceedings or whatever regarding children or but for me it feels more like something might have happened in childhood that you didn't feel like justice has been done like people turned away people weren't on your side or didn't advocate for you that the way that they should have and sometimes you still think about that and that it comes out when you are in conflict or going through something it triggers that emotion like nobody's ever stood up for me nobody cares for me and spirit is saying to address that because you can't keep projecting this same story onto everything else that's happening in the present because you need to take the present for what it is um in terms of the uh pile two pile two we've got the six of swords and then we've got the wheel of fortune beautiful so six of swords for some of you it's literally moving the time is now if you want to move um if you're trying to go somewhere across water relocate or whatever this is saying that it's it's a good time to kind of do that and and start planning start planning that start planning how you want to go the wheel of fortune being in your favor now means that maybe before that there were um obstructions to you being able to do this but this is saying that yeah you've you've got the go ahead now or for some people because this is swords and it makes me think about mental states and things like that it might just be um having some kind of new beginning and a new way of thinking about things that you have to be open to considering it now like fresh ideas are coming through fresh ideas that in some ways does move you on from somewhere where you currently are you have to be open to it um gone are the days of where you think um in a particular way or you think that luck is not in your favor this is pretty much speaking to um ideas of pessimism i think just kind of saying like there's no need to be pessimistic because what's literally happening physically what's literally happening for you right now is space for you to go and do what it is that you said that you wanted to do so any new ideas that you're having about um going forward somewhere um relocating somewhere really start looking into it um because yeah the fortune is in your favor and fortune favors the bold as they like to say so you've got to be bold and big and bad and do what it is that you need to do pile three interesting haha <laughs> these cards came up for me in my re uh, reading this morning actually um pile three you've got the chariot the two of wands and the moon um pile three the only obstacle is your it feels like feels like it's kind of leading on from pile two but literally the only obstacle is your lack of belief in yourself like you just you're birthing a new world that hasn't really been seen before and you're going on intuition there's no one there to guide you really you're trusting that you know how to do this and you're being guided by the moon you're being like it feels very very celestial in this card and the way that it's even drawn here we're seeing pyramids on one side and then city blocks on another side on a chariot card so there is that idea i think here of like 
you're dwelling between two realms where um in the spiritual plane and the physical plane but also again this idea of moving this um idea of travel so the obstacles that you were probably aware of again like i said in part two is not being able to move or not being able to travel and this is saying that get ready because you're going to um need to be going to places and we've got the two of wands here where she's literally sitting on top of the world i'm just trying to be me do what i got to do hey some people think that i'm sitting on top the world top the world and that's literally it you're about to sit on top of the world and um we see around her head um like the orbits and um different planets just like orbiting around her head and she's holding two swords one slightly higher than the other um just as it is above so it is below like whatever obstacles were in your way have been cleared now when we look at the moon card literally the sea has parted and the figure she's in a blue dress and she's walking through um the area with um two dogs by her side maybe the dogs that um uh jason and mary were throwing a party for anyway she's walking through and that's just a reminder to you that there are actually no obstacles for you except for you like everything is opening up for you now because your time to lead that your time to pretty much dominate it has arrived and so if you're there being scared don't be scared like you were meant to straddle two worlds whether that's um figuratively or literally you were meant to straddle two worlds because you have the capacity to be able to do it um and you've got to trust yourself with that you're not weird you're not strange um you're gifted like hone in on that and charge forward and go and claim the life that um has always destined to be yours so that's that for the tarot readings i pray that it resonates with you so now i'll big up the first of this week's show sponsors who are uh, skillshare be right back every human was born to create whether you last picked up a paintbrush yesterday or in primary school you can explore your creativity and be inspired skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning with so much to explore real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth so maybe you're there and you're just like you know what um, I want to throw a party for my two dogs and I want to read them poems. But how do I go about being able to read them those poems? Well, you know, you can get help with that. You can get help with um, figuring out the kind of poems that you want read out to them, how you go about crafting them. You can get support with that. Um, um, whether you're a dabbler or a pro, a hobbyist or a master, you're a creative. Discover what you can make with classes for every skill level. Experience real development, real improvement with the hands-on projects and classes designed for real life. Skillshare's entire catalogue of classes now offers subtitles in Spanish, French, Portuguese or um, Dutch. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when when you compare it to pricey in-person classes and an annual subscription is less than $10 a month. So explore your creativity at skillshare.com forward slash straws and get a one month free trial of premium membership. That's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E.com forward slash straws. And and that's one month of a premium membership at skillshare.com forward slash straws. So go and enjoy yourself anyway let's get on with a share your magnificence this week for share your magnificence it's um short and sweet actually because i put so much in so you mad that i actually think that i probably won't get through all of the things i put in so you mad otherwise this episode would go on forever and whenever um 
whenever white people are talking to me about this episode, like, you know, like official podcasting channels. And they're like, oh, your podcast is a bit meaty, isn't it? A bit meaty. I just, whenever they say that, I just think of cock. I'm like, why are you comparing my podcast to a dick? Anyway, but I think they're saying because it like runs long, but there's lots to talk about. And if people want to listen, then I'm a talk. Okay. Anyway, uh, the show Magnificence says here, um, big up Kathy St. Luce, uh, a woman who has and is greatly underestimated in the music industry. She has taught me everything I know about the business, which has allowed me to stay grounded and dodging plenty fuckery as I slowly carve out my classical music career. She is responsible for helping many artists get to where they're at today, including Tiny Temper and Radiohead. She's the co-founder and mama bear of the online mag, The Zine UK, that's Z-I-N-E, which promotes the underground and grassroots music scene. Anywhere she goes, good vibes go. She has many gifts, many talents, and it's an honour to work with Kathy. Um, And I hope I'm pronouncing that right, because that's C-A-F-F-Y and party with Kathy too she doesn't get nowhere near the respect that she deserves in my opinion and it's definitely down to misogynoir plenty people in this industry don't realize the power that Kathy has and she uses it with humility grace and love big up the Kathy St. Luce thank you Manef for that thank you um that was really pretty that was really lovely that was really beautiful so um two slaps on your chest Kathy for doing what needs to be done and helping these people navigate the music industry. You're greatly needed because we do know that the music industry tends to move mad. So the fact that you're able to offer that guidance um, definitely means a lot. Um, This week on So You Mad, um, where we're looking at all the current affairs, all the pop culture things, uh, Ahmad Aubrey, the three, um, Ahmad Aubrey was the black man who was out jogging when he was shot and killed by um, racist white fuckers they have um received guilty verdicts and i'm very very glad about that i want them to sleep under the jail and just watching how the prosecution and watching how the trial went down it's just wild that they were being questioned um by the prosecution and it was just like so did, did was he holding a gun no did he say anything to you no was he doing anything in any way that would make you feel threatened no so you just decided to just shoot a man that was just out there minding his business and they're then looking blankly demonic behavior absolutely fucking demonic behavior but Bernice King who is um the daughter of um Martin Luther King Jr she wrote uh, today's guilty verdicts will not bring um, Ahmad Aubrey um Aubrey back Uh, While I lament his death, I'm grateful for his mother, Wanda Cooper Jones, sharing today that her son can now rest in peace. Further further, today's verdicts finding Gregory McMichael, Travis McMichael and William Rody Bryan Jr. guilty remind me of my father's statement. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. I'm hopeful that today's mark uh, that today marks a new era where gun violence and anti-racist and sorry. I'm hopeful that today marks a new era where gun violence and racist vigilantism are no longer erroneously and inhumanely championed and revered as American heroism. But we say that, but Kyle Rittenhouse got off. Um, was it Kyle Rittenhouse that I'm thinking of? Yeah, got off just what two weeks ago for his fuckery. So it's alive and well, sure. 
I don't think it's a coincidence that this injustice and the verdicts, um, which are a part of a continuum of justice, happened in South Georgia on the soil of the state where my father, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., was born. He yearned and worked for the day when justice will roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream in yielding new um, in yielding a new South and a new world. During my father's lifetime, he certainly witnessed horrific outcomes from the so-called justice system. One of those outcomes being an all-white jury in Mississippi finding the murderers of Emmett Till not guilty in September 1955. 66 years later, we awaited the predominantly white jury's verdict on the Michael Bryan trial. Perhaps the just, humane verdicts today signal a shift. Perhaps the message sent regarding accountability will serve as a reminder that black lives are not hunting trophies. And perhaps these verdicts will prevent brutal losses of more Emmett and Amards. I and the King Center remain committed to these possibilities becoming realities. I sincerely pray that this is a turning point from the old South and that it galvanizes us to unite more fervently to eradicate racism on the path of creating the beloved community. And I think that those were, um, you know, really powerful words, really, really powerful words from Bernice because it's just wild that they would do that and just be like, you know what, that's okay. And I'm surprised by the jury, you know, I'm going to talk about another case where I just want to say white women are disappointing, but actually when people use sense and when people use compassion and when people go off straight facts, you know, sometimes, you know, white people get it right. Sometimes white people get it right. So, um, yeah, I wanted to share that from, um, as you know, something following on, especially because I talked about what happened on the um, show. So rest in peace, Ahmad Arbery. And I'm glad that at least this little bit of accountability has, um, been found um the next story is um durham university currently being under attack durham university's um student union currently being under attack by certain members of parliament who are very um upset and disgusted um as they would say about the student union offering sex work um um, offering students who are engaged in sex work offering them support and a toolkit um for you know, looking after themselves and being safer and also um, another sort of toolkit for the um, uh, teachers and lecturers who might at any point interact with them so they know how best to engage with them in a way that isn't um, horrible, basically, and isn't demeaning. So this whole conversation is going on and people are very upset. The students themselves at um, Durham University voted for this um, uh, service to be available to students who are engaged in sex work. But MPs are jumping in. The first one that wanted to jump up in the thing was a Conservative MP. I just need to find her name, um, the Queen of the Fuckery, that decided that she was going to get her knickers in a twist over all of this stuff. It says here, Durham University defends student sex work training. Even the way that they phrased that um, headline, BBC, do better, pricks. It says here, Durham University has defended defended its decision to offer training sessions to help students involved in sex work. Further Education Minister Michelle Donnellan um, has um, had accused it of legitimising a dangerous industry which thrives on the exploitation of women. 
But the university said it was acting responsibly by offering students advice on how to stay safe. Last week, its students um, union offered staff and students guidance for people involved in the sex industry. Durham University said the courses were launched following requests from a small number of concerned students. We are emphatically not seeking to encourage sex work, but we are seeking to provide support to our students, a spokesman said. He added the university's intention was to ensure social stigma did not stop vulnerable students accessing support and the training session has been misinterpreted. However, Mr. Nealon or Donnellan, whoever she calls herself, um, Donna Kebab, said uh, the university was badly failing in its duty to protect students. I'm deeply concerned. I'm deeply concerned that any university is legitimizing a dangerous industry which thrives on the exploitation of women, she said. It is right that vital support is offered to women who are being exploited. However, this course seeks to normalise selling sex, which has no place in our universities. She added, students facing hardship should be supported by their institution. And the government had given universities an extra £85 million last year to help those who were struggling. Jake Butler from the student money website Save the Student said the current maintenance loan allowances fall woefully short of the cost of living. Students are forced to rely on parents, part-time jobs, savings and potentially even more desperate ways to make ends meet, he said. Durham University's uh, Students Students Union Welfare and Liberation Officer Jonah Graham said the training's target audience was those who support Um, was those who support students so they can um, understand the legal safety and well-being concerns of the students and how to respond uh, to disclosures sensitively anyone who cares about the uh, the safety of students should support this training and educate themselves about this um, its actual content before making poorly judged comments he said so um you know i support it i support it and i don't think that that would come as any surprise because you motherfuckers want to charge people through their noses to attend university and you are then surprised when people are struggling and they go oh you know what to make ends meet to be able to see through my time at university i'm going to have to engage in sex work so i can pay for my things and sex work obviously covers um a range of different sexual services right but you know, people aren't caring about this. They just want to fly off at the mouth and and just say what they like because ultimately they hate that um, other women have control of their bodies and can choose what they want to do with it. Um, so I tweeted, supporting students who are already engaged with sex work is a smart and compassionate thing to do ostracizing and shaming people means you continue to push necessary conversations underground durham university isn't in the wrong i tweeted that and then diane abbott who and this is what really upsets me because obviously i've said on this show many times before like diane abbott is a baby girl like the first black female mp like i respect that like i'm all for that but you're not right all of the time you're not right all of the time. And as a black woman, you should not be putting yourself in a position where people can use their already latent misogynoir to come at you on a mad vibe. So Blind Abbott now tweets at me. I didn't tweet at her. And she says, nobody has said that sex workers should be ostracized and shamed, but normalizing sex work when the many harms are undisputed is wrong. But that is you shaming it. And what are the many harms? 
that are well, I'm not disputing with you the many harms of sex work but the many harms aren't because people are doing sex work but many harms are because of male violence and a hatred of the divine feminine like that is where the harm is coming from the harm isn't coming from people engaging in sex work and we need to stop even conflating sex work with the trafficking of people like we have to stop conflating the two and there are some people that yes like they're not saying that oh my god sex work is the best thing in the world like i held a twitter space um for this exact conversation because i hate being put in situations where i could potentially have to come at another black woman mad online i would not do that i'm not going to do that with diane abbott you get me i'm not going to do that i'm not going to give newspapers and because i know that everyone was already circling they wanted to see a back and forth a bass boss and i'm not going to do that i'm not going to let that happen but i did create a, um, a twitter space so actual sex workers themselves can speak about what's going on and it was so informative and they gave practical tangible ways of being able to show support for them and you know people saying that like stop romanticizing the thing there are people um i think there was one person called miss brooklyn blue she's a porn star and she was just like i fucking love it i made great choices i made lots of money i'm living my best life then somebody else came up and they were like well no i'm out here sucking dick for 20 pounds i'm not having a great time but i i should be able to do it without the threat of the police like harassing me and things like that because one of the problems with the way that the legislation is in the uk at the moment is like um two um sex workers cannot be together they can't be together in a space because then it's seen as brothel keeping so that means that um um, sex workers have to work in isolation and that is what causes them more harm because in any other job you man have colleagues if you're working at height and it's a dangerous job to work at height you've got somebody at the bottom holding your harness or doing whatever the fuck so why is it then this dangerous job you're not allowing them to have colleagues to have people who are with them for safety's sake lest they then end up with some mad conviction that never gets expunged from their record that is unfair that is really really unfair like and the sex workers are telling you the models that they prefer in terms of legislature that would allow them to work and to work safely and you don't want to listen because you want to do your own things because ultimately you just hate that um primarily women having autonomy over their bodies you fucking hate to see it and you hate to see it yet when the tory party when the tories are moving mad when your own Keir Starmer's moving mad, you lot aren't bringing the same vim. Somebody that you should have slapped from long ago, somebody that you should have was long long ago, you lot are there um, talking and tittering around it or teetering around it. Like, I don't do that. That's why I'm not, that's why I didn't want to get into politics. I wanted to at one point run for councillor, run for this, run for that. But I actually realised, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be caught up in that web and then not get to say what I want to say and not get to see the change that I want to see. But you lot are there. This is the change that you should be fighting for. And and what's happening? We're having to defend you against the fucking, your own party that would have people come and run you down when you're crying in the toilets. Like we come and do that for you. So we understand your humanity and we are showing compassion to you. You need to show compassion to other people who are further marginalized in a way that you are not. You can't be calling these things wrong. You can't be calling it this. That is not what you should be focusing on. Focus on the society that, that is forcing these children, these young people to pay for their education in this way, right? And the fact of the matter is that even if, even if you were still able to offer them grants and all of these things 
and make um, you know university free and do all of these things there are still some students that still might want to engage in sex work the whole point is that make it so that they know what the risks are and they know what to do should they ever need help with anything they know the channels that um, that they can be signposted to should they ever need any support in any way whatsoever because not everybody that he's in that who is engaged in sex work is there because they have to be some people are there because they want to be and i know that people struggle to get their heads around that but you really really need to start trying to because when they're fucking up and down fucking fucking monday to sunday just fucking and fucking and fucking they're fucking for free this sex is so good i shouldn't have to fuck for free sorry that's so highly inappropriate but what i'm saying is that if they're there fucking for free, you're not on their case about that. So if now they want to fuck and they want to get paid for it, what is your own? What is what is your own personal individual wahala with the whole thing? Because then what you're going to end up doing is talking to me about morality. And morality is such a funny thing, baby. And we don't need to go there. But I just needed to get that off my chest because Diane Abbott is the last person that I want to have to release the collection of cough on. Release the collection of cough. I don't want to have to do that. But don't be tweeting at me and then and then I'm having to stay quiet because I'm only going to stay quiet for so long, especially if it's something that I care about. I'm not just going to stand there and stand by and watch you. Um, I've heard that she, um, Diane Abbott's asking for the Home Office to open an investigation into Durham University, allowing for this to happen and rah, 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 and rah, tear, tear. And that's so highly unfair because you already know how fucking mad Preeti Patel is, but you want to open her up, give ask her to go and do more fuckery to these to these students the students who are already having to do this because they're struggling as it is and then you want to go and cause them more wahala so if you don't want them to be engaged in sex work um and they are what what would you rather durham university do shame them kick them out of uni what would you have them do what would be the solution to this because then you're talking about oh they can get access to support they can get um, access to money where i've spoken to other people in the twitter space and they said that when they did even go to go and ask for money they weren't entitled to any they weren't even able to get enough consistently that would help them out of that situation. So there's nothing available, but you want to vilify people making ends meet in whichever way that they can. All of this energy that some of you are applying to this situation, you need to turn that energy towards your wayward um, leaders of your party, towards your opposition party, whatever the fuck. Turn that energy to them and leave these students alone because Durham University is doing the right thing by um empathizing with them and trying to create a safe space for them to be able to come forward and say like this is what i'm doing and this is what i need help with just so i understand this and i understand that you don't want that to happen because they should all be hiding in the shadows forever fuck that respect and um, respectfully fuck that very disappointing very disappointing state of affairs um anyway that was that i was going to talk about ae apologizing for cheating on amber rose but i really don't feel like maybe i need to go into it i just think it's so sad that um men will truly embarrass you they will truly embarrass you and then come online to embarrass you some more i don't know if amber rose wanted that public apology because you're like you know if you if you if the disrespect was public then the apology needs to be public but this is one of them things where i don't know you know coming to talk about oh you caught him with 12 women or you he's cheated on you with 12 women and then he's on a radio show or what, whatever he was on some kind of radio show or podcast and they're asking him like did you cheat with 12 women or were you only caught cheating with 12 women he was like silent for a bit and he went oh man oh man i don't know i don't know but he said it in sort of a way like i don't want to i cannot confirm nor can i deny and i just think that that's wild like if 12 
more than 12 at this point just slap me in the face with a dick just slap me in the face with a dick because you know let's just compound the disrespect just do that because at this point I would be fed up and I feel for Amber Rose you know because she strikes me as the kind of person that really tries to love you know like really really tries to love with all of our puss but these guys are wayward these guys are extremely wayward and um I feel like one of the biggest disrespects was the way that Kanye spoke about her after they were together, though. That felt very anti-black in some regards. But, um, yeah, uh, 12 and you're still there. No, I'd call it a day, mate. It's, it's best to call it a day. Um, and then what was the last one that I saw? Oh, yeah. This wayward person tweeted someone's father died the other day and he posted that it was the worst day of his life. I added yet in the comment section because nobody knows the future and his worst days might still be. (laughs) I need to read the whole thing. He said, I added yet in the comment section because nobody knows the future and his worst days might still be in front. (laughs) In our emotional moments, we need to be most cautious not to tempt fate. And he put a white hand emoji. I don't even know what color he is. But motherfuck you, you fucking idiot. And it sounds like something that even like a Nigerian person would tweet because Nigerians sometimes, especially Nigerian guys, they really think that they're doing bits and you're just like, just shut the fuck up. But um, how can somebody say that their father has died and they're grieving and they say that it's the worst day of their life? This has to saddest day of my life. Living in a broken heart. Sorry. Um no letting go no holding back sorry i feel like i'm even more inappropriate fucking hell anyway they're saying that it's the saddest day of their life and you go oh ah, 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 ah. no don't say that because you still got some days ahead baby they could be even worse like how is that comforting to that person in the moment even if it's what you're saying could technically be right why don't you just shut the fuck up and know that just because you're right doesn't mean that you're right on time shut up this is an inappropriate time nobody asked you like ash tweeted um quote tweeted him and said like if he he punches you in the throat i would understand and i really would like some people aren't beaten up enough like you the way that some people tweet online you're like yeah you haven't been beaten up enough because what the fuck is this yet is what you wanted to write somebody said that this is the worst day of their life and you said yet yet because you don't know what's ahead and there might be worse days to come okay motivational speaker okay tony robbins thank you for that wow mr motivator what would we do without you eh fucking hell it just goes to show the lack of sensitivity that people have online like they're always looking to kind of get one over on you and and just slide something in and say some fucked up shit just to be like oh i'm making a point go and make a point underground dig a hole lie down in there make that point and shut the fuck up and leave everybody else alone but um yeah anyway what oh my god oh my god oh my god i i'm recording and i just opened oh my god i'm recording and i just opened um instagram while recording and i've seen amarasante post you made the most incredible mark rest in peace virgil abloh virgil abloh the designer for off-white what happened what Oh gosh, this is, we're doing this in real time. 
Louis Vuitton artistic director Virgil Abloh dies 17 minutes ago. What? Oh, God. And I was just talking about death. Fucking hell. It says here, the fashion maverick, also creative head at Louis Vuitton, has been had been suffering from an aggressive form of cancer for two years. Oh, my God. Whew. Fashion designer Virgil Abloh has died after can- suffering from cancer. It has been announced. The 41-year-old, who was the creative director for Louis Vuitton and Off-White, had cardiac, uh, cardiac angiosarcoma, um, a rare aggressive form of the disease. According to an announcement on his official Instagram page, we are devastated to announce the passing of our beloved Virgil Abloh. It says he chose to endure his battle privately since his diagnosis in 2019, undergoing numerous challenging treatments, all while helming several significant institutions that span fashion, art and culture. Through it all, his work ethic, infinite curiosity and optimism never wavered. Virgil was driven by his dedication to his craft and his and to his mission to open doors for others and create pathways for greater equality in art and design. He often said, everything I do is for the 17 year old version of myself, believing deeply in the power of art to inspire future generations. Wow. Um, This is sad because like last year, you know, when um, doing the panda bear, the height of the panda bear and during lockdown, wasn't he, God, he donated like what, 50 pounds or something. Was it 50 pounds or 100 pounds? I was just talking about somebody being inappropriate, but I have a point with what I'm saying. And people were getting onto him and they were calling um, 100 two Virgils. Um, but it just goes to show, like, you don't know what people are going through. Like, and this is the second black man who has been dealing with an aggressive form of cancer that's chosen to keep it quiet. You know, like I'm talking about in a public sphere. They've chosen to keep it quiet. And, you know, they have every right to because it's not people's business, um, you know, it's nobody's business, but, um, it does make me think about why, you know, one of the contributing factors to not saying anything publicly could possibly be obviously your job as well, like, you're not able to carry on doing your job, they'll want to get rid of you immediately, maybe, but also how people view masculinity, how they view blackness, and also how they view sickness, and what that means when they talk about, oh, you know, they see it as some sort of weakness or something like that. And that's actually another conversation that came up when Andy was on stage, when we were at the Moto uh, Motorsports UK diversity event. And he was t- saying like, you know, cancer research and people like that are trying to change, cancer charities are trying to change the narrative or must change the narrative that they use around like beating cancer and being strong to, and beating cancer because it's almost like you're inferring that those people who didn't beat cancer are weak in some way or um other and that isn't the case sometimes it gets you more than they got the next person do you get me but we know how black masculinity is viewed right and how sicknesses and cancer how that's viewed and i just think that yeah maybe if they were to talk about it in a public space people would be moving mad um but rah that's like the first thing i think i've gotten in real time that's just absolutely thrown me um but yeah r.i.p rest in peace virgil abloh um the mark the legacy that you've left is definitely felt by all of the people then um and yeah um it's really oh so sad um 
Okay, well, in that case, um, I will move on to um, begin up the second of this week's show sponsors who are BetterHelp and we'll jump to um, Straw of the Week and just a little update on Start Your Motors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe somebody's sitting at your desk at the real estate brokers now and, you know, you used to date the same person and then you had to ride up on their car, cut them off and just be like, why are you with my mans? And they were like, well, it's not your man because you like you both were over ages ago and you're like, no, but um, he was going to propose to me with a square rectangle ring and those kind of rings don't exist. And so maybe you need to speak to someone about that. Well, you'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours if you contact BetterHelp because they will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic uh, matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. Uh, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website, check out the reviews. And if you're liking it, then visit BetterHelp, that's BetterHelp.com forward slash your mind. That's BetterHelp.com forward slash your mind and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapy, uh, therapists in all 50 states. So that's the special offer for Say Your Mind listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash your mind. Now let's get to straw of the week, aka suck your mum. Okay, so my first straw, I'm going to move this mic. Um, my first straw of the week goes out to Prince William, who can't seem to keep Africa out of his fucking mouth. He's talking about the fact that um, overpopulation in Africa, as he calls it, overpopulation, quote unquote, is what's causing um, the death of the wildlife in the of the continent of Africa. And it's just like, why would you and your bald head, your stupid that that stupid carpet that you want to have at the back of your head, instead of just cutting the whole thing off, just shaving the whole thing off and just walking around looking like a crystal ball. Just do that. But the same way that you want to hold on to your lies is the way that you want to hold on to those straggly pieces of hair on the back of your head looking like your father. Anyway, do you think that that's really the reason? It isn't the fact that white people came and colonized and started fucking up the natural way and the natural habitats of the wildlife. It's not the fact that white people who look like you, who are your, who are your friends, you lot friends that like to go fox hunting and the such they're the ones that go to the continent of Africa and decide to start shooting up wildlife so they can have the keep the memorabilia and keep the things in their homes and hang them on the walls or wear them as coats that's not what's happening no no they're not the ones that come and shoot the animals as game and then take pictures next to the lions that they've killed and they swear that oh no but the townspeople will eat the meat for two weeks and any lie that they can tell themselves just so they can shoot the animals in Africa because they fucking hate that they can't shoot the actual Africans like shut your fucking mouth 
you stupid entitled bitch. Nobody asked you. Keep Africa out of your mouth forever and ever. Um, and then I guess the last, well, my other um, straw of the week is goes out to all of those journalists and all the fucker and um, the fuckers, including Boris Johnson, who insist on reporting on this COVID strain, you know, COVID strain, Omarosa or Amarian as people are calling it. Well, it's Omicron, isn't it? Or um, they're reporting on it in such an anti-black way, like talking about, oh, well, um, uh, what is it? Uh, South Africa and all of these um, African countries are back on the red list because of this new strain of COVID that's been um, discovered. And it's just like, but what the fuck are you talking about? Because you would not have been able to um, identify what that strain was if it was not for the South African scientists who told you it's not that they had it first. They just decided to, to they were just diligent enough to um, identify it and start doing something about it. Whereas all of the rest of them are pretending because all of a sudden, suddenly all different countries are discovering that all oh, they too have the same strain. That means that you lot probably brought it to them places. You lot probably brought it when you've been gallivanting up and down. Um, and this great tweet by Graham Codrington says, or was it on Facebook? He says, once again, in the world's media, um, um, once again, the world's media is reporting South Africa has a new COVID variant as if the variant started here and is infecting us all. Can I say this again more loudly for the idiot journalists at the back? South Africa has one of the most sophisticated and advanced infectious diseases infrastructure on the planet. Some of the world's leading epi- epidemiologists, I got that right, because you know, sometimes these words be beating my ass. Um, some of the world's leading epidemiologists work in South Africa. We've had to develop these capabilities to deal with um, tuberculosis and AIDS and other diseases ravaging our continent. It is no surprise that our medical system is the first in the world to identify new COVID variants. It is no surprise that we led the world in clinical trials of vaccines. What is a surprise is how lazy journalists write headlines, new COVID variant in South Africa. No, this new COVID variant has been found in New Zealand, England, Brazil, France, India, Indonesia, the Philippines and other places. South African scientists isolated, sequenced and understood it first. Report that fact, bitch. He didn't write that, but I'm adding that in because he capitalised the that. So I feel like he wanted bitch in there as well. So he's like, report that fact, but don't start all over again with putting South Africa is unsafe into people's heads. And why that's even worse is because the bitches at The Guardian decided that the the picture that they were going to use to talk about the South African variant, as they like to call it, is pictures of little black children. Little black poor children walking around with no shoes on. That's what they've decided to use. Because again, you're trying to force this idea that blackness is disease. Blackness is this. Blackness is... I'm just so tired. And you'd think that The Guardian, you know, the liberal paper, as it were, would know better. But actually, you're all fucking idiots together. You're all pieces of shit together, as far as I'm concerned. Because it's actually wild. And then this buffoon, this ugly, straggly head bitch decides to say the following... Yes, I'm sorry, on, 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 on vaccines around the world, uh, that is something that um, I think the UK can be incredibly proud of, and we've, we've done a huge amount to, to vaccinate the world. Don't, don't forget that uh, one and a half billion uh, doses have been delivered at cost, thanks to the deal the UK government did uh, with AstraZeneca, and I think when you, when you look at the arrival of... At cost... At cost, in the middle of a pandemic, you're delivering these um, vaccines to people at cost, not free, at cost. Why are people having to pay for the vaccine in the first place? Can you not see the absurdity? 
looking like a like a shaggy rug, looking like a shag rug. And the, and the, the spread of Omicron. Sadly, it's been it's been in in countries where the problem has not been supply uh, of vaccine. It's been it's been really to do with 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 hesitancy and uh, a lack of take up. So and you're a liar from the pits of hell. You are a liar from the pits of hell with that stupid shit that sits on top of your head, looking like somebody relaxed their pussy hairs. You little bitch. What are you talking about? Like hesitancy and lack of take up again, trying to pathologize when it comes to black people. Like oh, we don't want to take the vaccine. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do that. Meanwhile, we've been doing everything that we need to do, and I'm seeing bare white people walking around not washing their legs not wearing their masks not wanting to take vaccines not wanting to do any of that stuff but it's black people that in that you're basically insinuating are part of the problem hesitant and hesitancy and lack of take-up sounds awfully weird when you're really trying to say actually we hoarded the vaccine we hoarded the formula we didn't want to give it to any um, anybody because we wanted the nick nogs to die uh, i think that you know there might be many uh Oh, oh, we do need to do more to vaccinate the world. Uh, the UK has been has been leading in that, but I, I don't think. I mean, I, I defer to to to, to Chris, and, Chris and Patrick. But I don't think that that is the uh, the, the issue here. It is absolutely the issue here. The issue here is that you're a straggly bitch and you need to stop lying through your teeth and you need to stop lying through those wispy, nasty strands of your hair. That's what you need to stop doing. In fact, wear that shirt tie. Wear that tie a little bit tighter. Tighter still. Mm, No, tighter than that, bitch. Uh, it's just infuriating because people just love to lie every single day every single moment every single minute you're lying and you're lying on black people and i'm so fucking tired of it especially when you're using pictures of black children to depict that oh yeah this is this sort of variant rare 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 when actually it's usually the white south africans are having the access to be able to travel and to be able to go to certain places so trying to insinuate that the spread of the virus is somehow linked to poor little black children means that i really want you to burn in hell to be perfectly honest um so a straw for all of the people reporting on it like mad people and obviously a forever straw a straw for eternity the entire length of his mother's birth canal can go out to boris johnson um and then the primary school that decided to move mad, um, I found out that somebody's, um, that was still playing. Um, I found out that somebody um, actually went to the school that this happened, or they sent me a message that they went to the school that this happened. So this was reported on um, the, um, or in the Voice newspaper. Um, a primary school, here we go. Um, furious parents have claimed an anti-gang workshop at a primary school had black children role-playing gang members while a white girl was picked to play the victims the kids were also shown part of the tv crime drama top boy starring ashley waters which um, tells the story of a violent struggle between two gangs vying for control over the local drugs trade the controversy broke out at a multicultural school in lambeth south london after the charity growing against violence gav ran um, an anti-gang session week um, session last week facilitated by a retired policewoman of course it was lambeth council said it was very concerned by the row but the charity chief executive stuart trailer who is also a retired cop said that the facilitator asked this year six class for volunteers and she picked the kids who put their hands up first at least three parents have complained to julian's primary school in west norwood Rashid Nix, whose son was one of the boys chosen to role play a gang member, said he and other black parents were fuming and that even his son's white classmates had commented afterwards on the racial dynamics of the exercise. Mr. Nix said, my kid and his whole little crew are like really sharp black kids, you know, articulate, intelligent, very focused. 
They're the least likely children that will end up in any sort of gang stuff. The class is multicultural. The school is very mixed. Yet five or six black boys were picked to role play gang members. It, I feel it's racial stereotyping. In a letter to parents of the year six class, the head teacher, Becky Coburn, uh, Coburn, wrote during the growing against violence workshop on monday there was a role play that through the facilitator selection of children sent a very poor message as soon as we were made aware of this we contacted um, gav gav directly and i was able to speak directly with the ceo of the organization Stuart, Stuart trailer he was surprised and somewhat shocked stating that the facilitator had a long-standing and positive relationship with the organization miss coburn um added that the charity apologized for any upset that has been caused a spokesperson for lambeth council said we are very concerned that one of our commissioned programs has had such a negative impact on our community by stereotyping some of the young black boys involved we support our local schools by commissioning programs that increase pupils resilience to gang related exploitation this is incredibly important work as these issues are sadly too real and present in our borough in this instance at one school an external provider has run role play scenarios in a way that has rightly been flagged as inappropriate lambeth council and the school have contacted the provider to express their concerns and reassured parents and carers that they are um, are aware of the issues here the police uh, the pupils have also um, had the opportunity to share their concerns the provider involved has apologized to the school and asked that the apology be shared with parents we will be reviewing whether they are an appropriate provider for this kind of work um well all i can say is that is ridiculous and i mean what else would you expect from an organization made up of former cops what the hell would you expect because if they're treating black children in a way when they're um um serving police officers how would they be treating them as retired police officers and she's there saying that oh well it's the children that raise their hands up first that i chose you're a liar you're a liar again you're a liar from the pits of hell why are all of you rising from the pits of hell lately are you having a vacation go back go back you're a liar because me me with using my sense if all of these children are putting their hands up but i can use sense to see the kind of message it's going to send i'm going to say oh you know what i'm not going to use you for this role play right now but i'll call you up if i need somebody else for something else and i will choose accordingly but you are too happy to choose all of the black boys to come forward and then use the little white girl as a victim you know exactly the message that you were sending especially as because you were a white woman leading that workshop you know the exact message you are showing us exactly what's happening in your psyche so for that reason you as the representative of gav can go and suck your mother you and the entire charity you can all fuck off together because i don't even think that you lot should be the ones um delivering the workshops to be honest because <laughs> of all the all the drama that you've caused people in the past you now want to be coming and telling people what to do if you don't go and fuck down just fuck down and fuck off um and finally, 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 my last straw of the week goes out to Alice Seabold. Alice Seabold is um, the author of a book that I actually did enjoy called The Lovely Bones. Um, really sad book. I think I found it very haunting. Um, the Lovely Bones. Um, she unfortunately was, it's probably weird that I'm giving her a straw of the week when I'm about to say what happened to her. But she was unfortunately, um, trigger warning, um, sexual assault at this point. So you can stop listening because this will pretty much be the end of the episode um so alice seabold um, wrote a book another book called lucky where she talks about um being raped and that she was raped by a black man um while instantly that kind of gets me 
uh, puts me on high alert because I know um, what happens in a white woman's consciousness when it comes to black men and claiming that they've been raped by them. They've told the story many times, um, a lot of times to be untrue. But in no way am I doubting that Alice Seabold was actually raped by a black man. However, the black man that she accused of the rape, he has really um, recently been exonerated of um, that uh, charge, um, even though he served lots and lots of years in prison for it. And how did it happen that he was um, able to have that expunged and he was ex- exonerated? Because a producer that was brought on, because they were going to make a, f- um, a film of Lucky, this um, um, autobiography from her or this memoir from her, they were going to make a film about it. And a, a producer started going, oh, this doesn't make sense. And this bit doesn't add up here and this bit doesn't add up. And they basically fired him because he started questioning how they were going about um, putting the story or, you know, p- bringing... Um, the book into script and putting it and hopefully them and filming it he started questioning it so when he got fired he was like nah something ain't right something ain't right so he hired a private investigator to look into the true story only for him to find out that actually it was the wrong person that was accused and more than likely Alice knew the whole time um it says here conviction overturned in rape of lovely bones author 40 years later um a conviction in the rape of Alice Seabold, the award-winning author of The Lovely Bones, has been overturned 40 years later due to serious errors by the prosecution, officials said. Anthony Broadwater, 61, was cleared on Monday by New York Supreme Court Justice Gordon Cuffey of charges that he assaulted Seabold when she was 18 years old, um, when she was an 18-year-old uh, first-year student at Syracuse University in 1981. Seabold, now 58, wrote about the attack in her 1999 memoir, Lucky. Seabold picked out another man, not Broadwater, in a police lineup after the assault, but later identified Broadwater as her attacker, um, as her attacker on the witness stand. She wrote in Lucky that Broadwater and the other man in the lineup looked almost identical and she feared a defence attorney would exploit a white woman's confusion over two black men. Broadwater spent 16 years in prison and he had been on New York sex offender registry since his release in 1999. He'll now be taken off that list. Broadwater dropped his head in his hands and sobbed when the judge cleared him. I never, ever thought I would see the day that I would be exonerated, he said. After the hearing, I've been crying tears of joy and relief the last couple of days. Broadwater told the Associated Press and the following day, I'm so elated, even the cold can't keep me cold. Um, I just hope and pray that maybe Miss Seabold will come forward and say, hey, I made a grave mistake and give me an apology. I sympathise with her, but she was wrong. Broadwater recounted the harm the conviction had on his life even after his release from, from prison. He refused to have children because of the stigma of the conviction, he told the Syracuse Post Standard. At his hearing, Onondaga County District Attorney William Fitzpatrick called Broadwater's conviction an injustice. I'm not going to sully this proceeding by saying I'm sorry, said Fitzpatrick. That doesn't cut it. This should never have happened. Broadwater was convicted largely because of Seabold's identification and because an expert witness testified that microscopic hair analysis had tied him to the rape. The validity of that kind of analysis has since been discounted by the Department of Justice. That was the only purported forensic link to the crime. Scrutiny of the case against Broadwater increased after Lucky was picked up in 2019 for a Netflix film. Executive producer Tim Mucciante began questioning the conviction as he poured over the script and Seabold's memoir. 
he eventually dropped the project and hired a private detective um where he was dropped from the project he hired a private detective in an investigation that ended up in fitzpatrick's office it's unclear what will happen to the film now seabold who lives in san francisco could not be reached for comment her most notable uh, novel, The Lovely Bones, is about the rape and murder of a teenage girl. The bestseller was made into a movie in 2009. Now, what this article doesn't say is the fact that um, how did uh, how did Anthony Broadwater even end up or Anthony Broadwater? I say it differently if I'm talking about an American or if I'm talking about a British person. Anthony Broadwater, how did he even end up um, being um, on the in the lineup anyway? Let me tell you how. Five months after Alice Seabold was raped. She was walking down the street and if she saw him, a black man, a random black man, he was saying hi to um, a friend in the street. She saw him and she was just like, yeah, that's him. That's the guy. Literally any black guy. She just saw a black guy. And she was like, mm, that's him. That's the guy. And she was like, oh, I knew it was him. And she writes in the memoir, I think she says something like, oh, he was saying, hey, girl, don't I know you from somewhere? to the police officer or someone that he felt that he knew in the street that time and he was um a marine at the time he was a young marine never had any convictions nothing like that he was just minding his business and before he knew it his whole life was turned upside down and it's even funny the way that she said he said hey girl don't i know you from somewhere when actually the police officer um who he was talking to and anthony say that all he said was hey don't i know you from somewhere because the person he was talking to was the sister i think of one of his friends or one of the guys that he knew around the area but the fact that she had it added hey girl already tells you that she was racializing the thing now again i don't doubt that she was raped i just feel like it's disgusting that at no point did she think oh i might be wrong about this and and just started moving mad at one point she says even in the memoir that the hair follicle that was found that it has to go through 17 out of 17 matches or whatever to be um allowed into evidence and no such thing happens and no such thing happened at all at all everyone just took the quote-unquote forensic guy's word for it and that was that anything to um to put anthony in that situation and he was in jail for all of that time he served out his entire sentence and then he's on the sex offenders register and he he stops his own life by being like oh i'm not gonna have kids he didn't want to do anything like that because he didn't want that um that um kind of um conviction to tarnish their life like you really impacted somebody's life and you're staying quiet you're staying quiet again i'm so sorry for what happened to you but you are a disgusting you're a disgusting person and any all of the money that you've gotten from lucky all of the money that you've gotten from that memoir start running it to the guy for all the years of his life that you stole from him start running him that check my g start running him my check because that's what i say when i say that white women can be disappointed and sometimes this is what i'm talking about and this is disappointing as fuck like you can't do that to people just ruin people's life know that you've ruined the person's life and then just say that you're not going to say anything about it wherever you are in san francisco don't let that house crumble on you and roll down them very steep fucking heels baby run the guy to check say sorry because you admit fault and run the guy to check so sorry that that happened to you so incredibly sorry that that happened to you somebody else should not have taken the fall for it because you could not remember who it was and then you're just picking any random person on the street and you're like yeah you can go and join that lineup and then after he's joined the lineup because you picked him out in the street when he's in the lineup you don't even choose him that's how much you don't remember you didn't even choose him in the lineup you pick you you pick somebody else you pick somebody else standing next to him and so you're like oh i don't want people to think that i don't i can't tell one black guy apart from the next but you can't the fact of the matter is you literally can't 
fuck your mum man suck your mum i that just makes me so angry like i fucking hate wrongful convictions and especially when it's black men and it's things like this or black people generally it's things like this i fucking hate it because if it happened in any other state i don't know how that shit would have gone down like fuck you fuck you like and two things more than one thing can be true at any one time i feel for you and i empathize with you that that happened to you at the same time fuck you suck your mother anyway that is that for this week's episode of sym we really got through some bits remember to send your letters to sym um, at kalechiokafo.com that includes your voice notes as well sometimes i just feel like this by the time i get to the messages i'm like you know what this is too old now i'm not i'm not gonna read it so do send me fresh bits so i have more things to go through and um thank you to better help and thank you to skillshare for sponsoring this week's episode and yeah i think then that's pretty much it you can join me on patreon.com forward slash collect your car for to support the podcast and all the bits that i'm doing and yeah let's see what i get up to in this week i guess i will coming by the time i record next will be in december fucking else the end of the year anyway that is that i've been kalechi okafo and this has been sym officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck your mum, baby girls baby boys baby non-binaries look after yourselves and i'll catch you next week peace it's the Benz Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.